Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Today we have interviews with three leaders in the pro-life movement. Lila Rose, who did undercover videos against Planned Parenthood, Dr. Michael Para against Obamacare, and Biff Gore, president of Colorado Right to Life. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. I'm Dr. Chaps. We're here at the Western Conservative Summit. Lila Rose, you're in a press pool. There's other reporters here, but I am privileged to interview you and, and ask you maybe the first question. What motivates you? I know you're a pro-life activist and you look so young. I know you've done some undercover videos and you've made national headlines, but why is this personal to you? Well, first of all, I'm motivated because life is such a gift and it's so beautiful and I've been given that gift and I have, you know, I'm one of eight kids. I have four nieces and nephews and I just look at life and it, I mean, isn't it a gift that we all have it? And I believe in a God that created and loved us into life. So when we look at abortion and what it's doing to those precious lives, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking and it also is convicting that we have to do something about it. And that's what inspired me when I found out about abortion. I thought, I have to do something. I can't just live my life and pretend like it's not happening or once in a while say something. But this is worth devoting one's life to, to advocate for these children. So what is your strategy? Uh, besides some of the things that, that our viewers may not be familiar with. You have an organization, you have a movement. What, what do you want to accomplish? It's a great question. So Live Action's kind of uh, tagline is to expose, to inspire, and to activate on behalf of the most defenseless. And our goal is to end abortion and build a culture of life. But we look at it through the lens of using media to communicate the truth and educate and mass market the message of life, which is such a beautiful, powerful message, and expose the attacks on life that are happening in abortion facilities, that are happening by power powerful politicians, to speak truth, truth into politics, to speak truth into the culture, and also to give people an opportunity to, get, to engage once, they're, once they get the facts, once they're, once they're inspired, to give them a chance to be activated. So we actually, you know, our Facebook is at almost a million and a half people, and we work with hundreds of thousands of people to try to defund Planned Parenthood and work in their communities to educate. So it's really growing the movement of education and then leading into political action. Your website again? liveaction.org. Fantastic. I will let other people ask questions. We're going to continue filming here. Okay, great. Uh, Kevin Jones with Catholic News Agency. Uh, how do you keep the pro-life movement uh, energized and enthusiastic despite political setbacks like the Supreme Court decision? That's a great um, question. And, you know, Supreme Court, of, of course, the decision was a setback, but the first setback was Roe v. Wade. And even if the court had voted properly on Monday, there's a bad law that was the precedent. That would have been the precedent even for a win decision that would have allowed Texas to regulate. So the bottom line is the political system's broken because the highest court in the land has created a constitutional right out of nothing for abortion, claiming that killing a child is somehow a right. So because that's the reality, the battle then, of course, has to do with elections, has to do with the funding of Planned Parenthood. But first and foremost, the battle is the culture. And that's actually where it's very inspiring and encouraging because many people are being persuaded. And when you actually give people the facts, when you approach them with love but with truth, people do flip on the pro-life issue. I've seen it myself personally when I was a student at UCLA and now we see it literally in the thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands through live actions, online media presence and our work in community. So we have to go into the battle with that perspective of education. 
And education might not sound like you know, the most exciting word, but that's really the formation and the, the shaping of the heart and the mind. And that's where you transform a nation. Uh, the left on abortion tried to do it with the sexual revolution. They tried to take the feminism, you know, the feminist movement and hijack it with this idea that abortion was going to be the next wave of empowerment. And we need to turn that back and undo those lies and then also insert the truth about what abortion actually is into the discussion, the humanity of the child, and of course, how women are hurt by abortion and not helped. Uh, do you see any prospects for the pro-life movement uh trying to engage elite funders of abortion, elite opinion, and uh, tackling the funding problem that way? That's a great question. So, a very important question, actually. So, I mentioned public opinion shifts, expose and defund abortion industry, and then activation. You're talking about, I think, not just education of business leaders and folks who have massive foundations that are then pouring sometimes billions into population control, you know, which is very misguided. They think they're doing something good for humanity, but they're just really killing off people ultimately and not seeing them with respect. But I think it also has to do with targeted activation. So young, you know, whether it's young people and boycotts or it's, you know, you know, churches boycotting, but I think Live Action will be launching our activation network next year, um, more, um, more full-bodied, and that will include boycotts as a tactic because I think when you look at whether it's corporate funding of Planned Parenthood or you have, you know, folks who are involved in big business and then they have their foundation who is funding Planned Parenthood, you can create uh, powerful campaigns, not just, you say, politically with defunding Planned Parenthood, but also going after other funding sources. So certainly that's an area that I think is ripe for the picking. There's a guy named Emerson. He said that an organization is the length and shadow of a person. Would you agree that that is true with Planned Parenthood and with other organizations like that? You mean it, it's, it's only at the generation that it's at right now? Is that what you're saying? That the organization is a, a lengthened a part of someone's shadow. So would you say that goes all the way back to the founder? I see what you're saying. Um, to an extent, yes, absolutely. Margaret Sanger had a very dark vision, who's Planned Parenthood's founder in the early 20th century, and her dark vision was that, you know, the extra children in a big family should be killed, that certain populations should be limited and controlled, and Planned Parenthood effectively does that in, in race-based abortions happening in a lot of communities, lower socioeconomic levels, and the abortion rate's tremendous in the black community and the Hispanic community, three to five times higher than in the white community. So that's absolutely true. That being said, every generation is you know, just like Reagan says, every generation needs to relearn liberty. Every generation is being mistaught abortion and being misled about, you know, pro-abortion feminism and being misled. So the great opportunity that we have is that Sanger's shadow is only, is a hundred years old. Sanger has passed from this life. You know, she, she's no longer influencing today. She is through other people, but those other people are trying to influence the next generation. So all that to say, we have to get to the next generation. We have to be there to educate them, be there to form them. And if we can do that, we can stop this evil in its tracks. Because just like um, liberty isn't in the bloodstream, you know, these evils aren't, you know, a little kid doesn't wake up and say, I'm a pro-abortion advocate. That's something that they learn and that they're, you know, they're, they're, it's a form of propaganda that they're given as teens and into college. So we have to combat that. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Are you pro-life? Do you believe that abortion kills innocent children? 
If so, I want you to take action today and sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's three petitions we need you to sign. The number one is to stop Planned Parenthood from getting your taxpayer dollars. Did you know they've received now $487 million in your taxpayer dollars? I don't think that's right. They use that money to facilitate 329,445 abortions, not really to pay for adoption or mammograms, but just to kill innocent children. Sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's number two petition we want you to sign, and that's to defund Obamacare. This bad healthcare law is now forcing Christian employers to pay for contraception, sterilization, and abortion pills free of charge for all their employees, or the Christian employer has to pay a $100 fine per day per employee. That's gonna bankrupt our friends like the Hobby Lobby Corporation, Christian business owners, and even Catholic hospitals now are being forced to pay for abortions. The Obama administration is now promoting the Plan B abortion pill over the counter for children as young as seven years old. Here's petition number three we need you to sign at PrayInJesusName.org to help pass Senate Bill 583, the Life Begins at Conception Act. This personhood bill, introduced by my friend Senator Rand Paul, can actually defend life and help overturn Roe versus Wade. Take action today. I know you care about the unborn, but please sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. We will fax that petition free of charge to your congressman. Sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Take action today if you're pro-life. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're here again at the Western Conservative Summit with celebrity interviews, and I've just met a pro-life, Catholic, Hispanic, Republican, Dr. Michael Parra. Welcome, sir, to the program. Thank you, Chaps, it's nice to be with you. So, Doctor, you are a physician, and you have a lot of experience in the healthcare industry, but you're also, this is kind of your hobby here, to run Colorado Hispanic Republicans. Uh, do the two interests coincide? They really do, since m many of the aspects of what's occurring right now in, our, in medicine, and also with Obamacare, really affect everybody, including all the citizens of Colorado. So, how does it particularly impact uh, Hispanic Americans? So, in this particular state, we have approximately 27% Hispanics. And luckily, our state for economics has actually done pretty well. However, we have depressed areas in the state as well, too. For example, areas in Pueblo, where I have family. So, the, the issues there is the fact that we still have our medical health care we have to worry about, whether you're Hispanic or non-Hispanic. And with Obamacare, Obamacare has become very expensive for the average American. But what happens if you're a Hispanic family on a fixed income in a depressed area, such as Pueblo? How can you afford it? For example, Obamacare, some of the deductibles you have, deductibles can be $6,250 for an individual and over $12,000 for a family. And that's what the basic plans to Obamacare. Well, the Democrat argument is, well, let's give everybody free health care. So are they actually helping people in poor areas like, like they claim to? Well, the whole goal for Obamacare is to insure 20 million people that were among the uninsured. But the problem is the fact that, despite the fact that the law has been actually ongoing now for the past several years, there still is approximately the same amount of people that are uninsured. And now there are people that were insured that are uninsured. 
So the people that actually had insurance at the time Obamacare first started now have lost their insurance because of the fact that their employees cannot afford it anymore or they can't afford it anymore. So in essence, it's actually changed people from a in insured status to uninsured status, and it occurs, of course, with Hispanic populations as well. So they spread around the misery a little bit and claimed victory when actually half a million people, including myself, got their health insurance policies canceled because cheap insurance became illegal and it jacked up everybody's rates. Uh, I can't imagine that was very helpful to freedom-loving uh, Hispanics that you know. Well. It it, it gets even worse because, for example, even in sections of our state, let's say I'm a Grand Junction, where they had a health care plan where it was designed actually to help out all areas of our economic status people, such, such as Hispanics, and it recently went under. So the next thing you know, there's 25,000 people that now have no health insurance in the Grand Junction area. And it was actually functional beforehand. So because of how Obamacare really functions, there's no such thing as really free health care, and the health care insurers still have to pay for it. But the, the, the issue is the fact that if you don't have enough healthy people coming into the system actually to pay for the system, and you have more unhealthy people coming onto Obamacare, it's called the death spiral. The major issue we have about Obamacare in this state is the fact that we started out with about 100,000 Medicaid patients before Obamacare was actually initiated. We're approximately 450,000 Medicaid patients now. Now, the major issue that affects the Hispanic community is the fact that if you're on Medicaid, you cannot find a physician. So if you're a physician and you're taking Medicaid in your office, you only get about 65% of your office overhead paid for, which means if you have 100% of Medicaid patients, you will go under financially. Medicaid doesn't reimburse physicians enough to take care of patients. So what ends up happening? If you can't find a primary care physician, you're going to go to the hospital. If you go to the hospital, you're going to be in a big line. So I don't know, Chaps, if you've been in the hospital in the emergency rooms lately, and hopefully you haven't. But if you do, you're going to have a long wait for some things. Well, you're a physician. You know, you know the economics of it. You know the patient side of it. Talk about the Hispanic side of that. Uh, because historically, maybe in Colorado, Hispanics have been tempted to vote with the Democrats because they're promised more government programs that might or may not help them. But at least that's the promise. Why should they consider the Republican Party instead? One of the things we found out uh, with Colorado Hispanic Republicans in our travels and our journeys talking different areas of the state is the fact that one would often think that Hispanics within the state would actually be influenced more by certain aspects of our economy than others. Okay, for example, um, immigration. Does immigration affect as far as being the number one topic of interest? Well, it is, really isn't. It's like number six. What's important in Hispanic population? The same thing is important in the non-Hispanic population. Jobs, economics, making sure that you can afford food, how much does gas cost? Security. So national security is actually number four, which is interesting. Consistently in our reviews of the populations here in Colorado, that immigration is actually pretty low in the totem pole. And there's some push and pull between those two issues. Number four, national security. Number six, immigration and it brings to mind Donald Trump. He's had a lot to say about both things. What is your opinion on what he thinks? Uh, I would agree with the great majority of what he says. Regarding national security, he has some very strong opinions that a lot of Hispanics agree with. So Hispanics being Christian are actually quite conservative in their views. Most people don't really realize that, but it's really true. So they have the same issues that everybody else has regarding, for example, national security. 
if you have someone that comes over the border that's a criminal and comes into Trinidad, or comes to Denver, or comes to Pueblo, they affect Hispanic communities as much as anybody else. Okay? And Hispanics really want to have safety within their own communities as much as anyone. So, you know, the tragedy that happened in California, in San Francisco with Kate Steinle is a good example of the fact that if you have people coming across and we don't regulate that, and we have people coming across that are felons that keep being pushed back and come back and pushed back and come back, they affect Hispanic communities like anybody else. I think the immigration policy should be we let the good people in and we keep the bad people out. And you don't judge good and bad by the color of their skin or the accent or their language. You judge them by their moral behavior. You think? I think so. I mean, for, I can tell you that from my own family. You know, it turns out that on my mother's side in Pueblo, my grandfather came across from Mexico. And how did he do? He was a hard worker. He worked in the, the foundry and the steel factory there and worked in the coal mines. So, you know, there's a good example of the fact that people coming to the United States, hard work ethic, willing to actually work hard and actually benefit their families. That's everybody's dream. I notice your yellow sign over here says at the bottom, Fe Familia Libertad, right. which is? Faith, liberty, and family. Fantastic. I couldn't have said it better. Our guest has been Dr. Michael Parra, physician and leader of the Colorado Hispanic Republicans. Thank you, doctor, for coming on our show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm Dr. Chaps. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I want to make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. How is your marriage doing? Ladies, would you like to learn how to get your husband to love you the way Christ loves the church? Men, would you like your wife to show proper respect? You know there's a Bible way to have a godly marriage? I'm not saying I'm the expert, but we interview in a four-part video teaching series a marriage and family ministry expert, Vince Dacchioli. And we go through the scriptures in four different parts. Part one is God's design for man and woman. Part two is godly roles for husband and wife. Three is sex and intimacy within godly marriage. And also God's plan for divorce. You wanna have this important four-part video series available for a suggested donation of $30 if you call our toll-free prayer line at 866-Obey-God Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined at the Western Conservative Summit by award-winning gospel artist and musician Biff Gore. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. 
So you got the crowd on their feet with your worship songs this morning. Thank you for inspiring us. Well, to God be the glory, and I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that we can represent the Lord Jesus Christ and talk about our values in politics, which we should be able to do all the time. Church and state, religion and politics, uh, they, they mix together in an interesting presentation that you have because you're also president of Colorado Right to Life. That's correct, and it's a joy to serve in that capacity. So you were uh, an award-winning musician. You, you have a beautiful voice, and you competed on a nationally national stage on The Voice. Many people watched that on NBC. Uh, if our viewers didn't see that, tell me what happened. Well, um, The Voice is a, an incredible show. It is kind of fam family friendly. I got an, an opportunity to, to compete. I sang uh, A Change is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Had a four-chair turnaround, went with, Ush with uh, Usher as my coach, and then later on in the competition I got stolen to Team Blake. And then I came home. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must be a fascinating process, but that doesn't just add to your celebrity. You are actually influencing the culture uh, because now you do a lot for Jesus and for the gospel. Talk about how your faith informs your artistry. Um, I'm, I know that the gift that I have comes from the Lord, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without him, we could do nothing. We, I mean, people have raw talent, but they don't realize that God gave them that. God gave me this ability to sing and to encourage people. And so that, I knew I wasn't going to win The Voice, but I knew that God sent me there for a reason. So I went as a missionary, and we're all missionaries, and missionaries to the unborn. We should be missionaries to those who are contemplating losing, uh, 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 killing their own child. And so that's my role with, with um, Colorado, as the president of Colorado Right to Life. My job is to wake up the greater community about the, the evils that happens in those abortion mills, because can't, you can't call them clinics. Um, clinics do good, mills do evil. And right. so it's, it's our job, it's our duty to tell people about life and that God ordains life. And it is our duty as Christians to stand for life and to educate the population at large. I feel like a lot of times I'm re-educating Christians on uh, how they should be thinking, their worldview. So as president of Colorado Right to Life, you're involved in many different stages. We see you at the state legislature sometimes. Uh, we see people from your organization coming to testify for and against pro-life bills. Uh, and. You guys are the no compromise organization, right. but you also have a grassroots team, many Christians uh, protesting, for example, outside of Planned Parenthood. What is the message that you give to a young pregnant girl who is faced with a difficult choice? That there is, there is a choice, a real choice, is that you give the baby up for adoption, that you allow someone to love that baby. You never ever punish the father, for, you never punish the baby for the sins of the father, the crimes of the father, in the cases of rape. Um, and why, if, if, if God, says do, God says do not murder. Right. And we shouldn't do that. That is the ultimate, ultimate uh, test of our culture. That's why we have so many killings today. It's not guns that kill people, it's evil people who have no value for life, who say, oh, I'm just going to go kill just because I want to. And it, started, it starts at, in the most innocent way. We kill these babies in the silence of a, of a so-called clinic where nobody can see, and then you're supposed to walk away, and, and that's the end of it. But what, I'm, what we try to tell people is life begins at conception, and you are a mother the moment you 
conceive once that baby is conceived and you will always be a baby you'll just be the, either the baby of a living a, a living mother. baby you'll always the, be a mother the, sorry you'll always be either the mother of a living baby or the mother of a dead baby yeah so well that's very tragic talk about how the abortion industry has impacted the urban culture well the Im the impact on the urban culture is catastrophic I live in I live in a predominantly black neighborhood and the schools are closing there and people won't answer this question but I believe it's because we've killed off an entire generation of people one out of every two pregnancies in the black community ends in abortion that is a holocaust that is abysmal and we do it and we we smile about it and we have people who are vitriolic and say it is a right to kill another human being that is wrong woe to the baby boomers woe to those who have sat on their hands for so long because you know what's going to happen now we, we have infanticide now now we're going to have um, now we're going to have it's going to turn into uh, geriatric side yeah you know yeah. It's, with all this assisted killing and all this stuff it's coming back to the, the the chickens are coming home to roost and if we don't stop it now if we don't if we don't teach people how to value life we're going to be in real trouble well, that is a challenge, but I've seen you at the March for Life. You were there leading worship again, uh, also with when Dr. Alan Keyes comes to speak. Um, you and I keep crossing paths, and I'm just so grateful for your friendship. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for you. Keep doing the great work. My bro I'm an I'm a Army veteran. You're a Navy veteran. My brother's a Navy veteran. And I always say to people, always pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Do you have a website or some DVDs you yes. want to sell? BiffGore.com. Uh, I don't have any DVDs to sell right now, but I do have uh, CDs to sell. People can get in touch with me, BiffGore.com. And, and his music is amazing. Go to BiffGore.com. Thank you for coming on the show. This is a pro-life conservative, and I'm Dr. Chaps. We'll be right back. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you ever wonder how to discern your own thoughts from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or angels or invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps, and you've seen us talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. In fact, I wrote my PhD dissertation, How to See the Holy Spirit, Angels and Demons. But now, we have an exciting 17-part video Bible study on a four-disc DVD set that you can get for your small group or your church. If you just visit PrayInJesusName.org and offer a suggested donation of $99. Or call us toll-free at 866-Obey-God. Get this 17-part video series, and for a limited time only, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Get this important Bible study series for you and your church. Or call us at 866-Obey-God right now. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Thank you for watching today. We really need your contributions to stay on the air. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Or call our prayer line at 866-Obey-God. God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time.
Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps not only defended the Constitution, but his petitions have helped change the law in 10 states, restoring freedom to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.